The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and com. Just a reminder, you guys, you can always text into the show, or even if you're listening on demand on our podcast version, you can always get in on the conversation because we will still see all of your text messages. So feel free to text us at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-5481. All right. A lot of stuff uh, coming up on the show today, but want to re- let you know about a few things coming up throughout the day on this uh, Thursday, December 14th. After the show, since it is Thursday, we do have HPU Sharks Weekly coming live from the eSports Arena at HPU's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus, powered by DSE Hawaii. And today, it's got a fun one. So last week, we had baseball, which you can still uh, listen or watch on demand at HawaiiSportsRadio.com and just click on the HPU Sharks tab. But coming up after this show... We had baseball, so now we got to have softball. So be sure you stick around. A lot of fun stuff coming up for the HPU softball squad. And we'll hear from head coach Jarnet Lono, a.k.a. Shorty, and student athletes Jewel Larson, Gianna Kirschbaum, and Savina Molina. So be sure you stay you know, right here. Or, again, you can listen on demand, either listen or watch tomorrow, today, throughout the weekend. Also coming up a little later this afternoon, or I guess it's evening, excuse me, this evening, we have the return of our OIA sports coverage. We've been kind of um, following football season. We haven't had some games in a while, but our coverage finally picks up again. We will have OIA girls basketball this evening featuring Kalani and Kailua. So Kyle Galdera and myself will be on the call. Game time is approximately 7 p.m. Again, it it kind of just depends on what time the JV game before it finishes. So around 7 p.m., if you guys hear us or don't hear us, it's mainly because the game hasn't uh, yet started. So just stick around again. Listen on the radio or on HawaiiSportsRadio.com. So those are the fun stuffs coming up later throughout the day. Uh, coming up in just a little bit on this show, we will hear from Justin McCoy from the men's basketball squad and head coach Iran Ganat as well as they did a little media scrum yesterday. So hear what they had to say, you know, just throughout this what's going on through the season so far and then also what we can look forward to this Sunday as they take on a very, very quality opponent in Nevada and then preparing for next week. Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Also coming up a little later, uh, we do have the newest episode available of the Hawaii Players Pod presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. So you can go to our YouTube channel right now to watch it and it features former UH defensive lineman Andrew Choi. So he, you know, Tells us a little bit about his playing career. Fun fact, though, he technically does still have another year. We did try to probe him about it a little bit um, <laughs> throughout more more of off the recording. But, you know, 
it, it it's understandable. He he's he's given a lot to the university, and football is hard. So, but still, he does. You get to learn a little bit about him. He is a Kaiser High School grad. So, shout out to all the Cougars out there, and just have a little fun. So, we'll play a little snippet for you from the latest episode of the Hawaii Players Pod. If you want to go ahead and watch the whole thing again, it is available on our YouTube channel. All right, before we get to all the good stuff and the good news because we try to keep it positive over here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Got to start off with some breaking news and news that is not uh, too thrilling, especially considering what we've been going through for the last couple of weeks as it deals with the UH football program. Uh, coming out this morning, uh, he tweeted, former UH commit out of Bishop Gorman, Devon Rice, announced his 100% commitment to Kansas State. So he is no longer coming here. His commitment had followed uh, Micah Alejado's verbal co- commitment a few months ago. Again, a quarterback running back duel uh, had committed to the University of Hawaii. However, the running back is now 100% committed to Kansas State out of Bishop Gorman and this is not something exactly we want to hear as fans considering that early signing day is next week Wednesday so trying to lock in all these verbal commitments hopefully by next week Wednesday but from now on Devin Rice is uh, fully committed to Kansas State Uh, he did really well at Bishop Gorman he is a 5'9 180 pound athlete again at Kansas State was a running back but unfortunately or excuse me, at Bishop Gorman was a running back, but going to Kansas State, he held offers not only from Hawaii, but also from BYU, Colorado, and Portland State. Uh, all right, got to move on. But I do uh, kind of building on top of that. It is a little unfortunate because I was you know, exploring uh, social media a little bit. And I did notice that speaking of Micah Alejado, he did post an interesting or he retweeted is an interesting um, photo back in January. So there was all this speculation during the season that he had committed to Hawaii before this past football season started. Midway in between, Micah seemed like he was not sure if he was coming or not. And then as we saw recently with Braden Shager trans- announcing his transfer out of the UH, uh, Micah, I guess, doubled down on his commitment and saying that he would see us on the 20th, which is the early signing day next week. So, but on his social media, he did retweet a photo of him with other, you know, Bishop Gorman players from January of this year. But it's them wearing UNLV jackets in front of the UNLV Fertitta football complex. Take that how you must. I know we shouldn't read into too much stuff that kids post on social media, but the fact that it was a retweet from a long time ago has me a little uneasy on top of that, he did once again change his profile on his Twitter account before it would say, you know, he has 12, which is his high school number. And then he would say, Q, it, w- it said QB at Hawaii football. He took it off in the middle of the, the football season when he was seemed like he was going to change his mind. He put it back on last week when he was 100% or seemed like he was committed again. And it has since been taken off. So... Um, just the daggers keep piling on for the UH, but hopefully I am just reading way too into it and it's not the case, but that on top of Devon Rice not 
or choosing to commit to another school and not hard committing to the University of Hawaii has us a little bit uneasy as to where Micah Alejado will end up. So we will definitely keep you guys all posted on what happens and the rest will go from there. So we'll see. But anyways, all right. Enough of the sad stuff. Let's switch our focus from football to University of Hawaii men's basketball. As Hawaii had a good win against HPU, I know a lot of people are just kind of like, well, they're a Division II squad. Hey, they had a winning streak going on. So, And it was an exhibition for Hawaii Pacific University. But nonetheless, Hawaii came out on top, 78-53. And uh, it was a good game. But this Sunday, they will have their true test in taking on a very quality Nevada squad at home so this will be a very exciting game to watch and I hope to see you guys out there but first let's hear from Justin McCoy and he starts off by basically talking about what it's been that has made him so comfortable uh, these last few games because he has been a wonderful player and a fun player to watch that just does everything so Justin McCoy just basically talks about where he's come so far and how is how his adjustment to playing for Hawaii has been going. The staff did a great job of just like helping me feel confident and um, giving me all the opportunity I, I, I can have, like, you know, in college. I mean, I'm playing close to probably 30 minutes a game. I feel like I've been playing on the floor a lot. I haven't had that opportunity before. So, I mean, as much of, of it being, you know, the system and the guys I'm playing with is also just the fact that they're letting me play. And I really haven't had that opportunity a lot. And so it, it feels amazing, I'm happy. Um, I hope to keep it going and, um, you know, we're on a good stretch here, so hopefully we can continue it. Having guys like Morsec and, and Bernardo who are so, so good in the low post, no one can help. You know, if they leave them, then we're going to give them the ball and they're going to dunk it or score it. And so, you know, having that, having Bernardo as a great passer out of the post as well, uh, it frees me up a lot. Um, I feel like a lot of the times when I'm hitting shots, if it's not from our guards, it's from Bernardo. And um, he's just such a talented passer out of there. All our bigs are so skilled and good, and they're threats. And so, I mean, I can get outside shots, I can get inside shots. They really help me a lot. And then along those same lines, uh, with Noel and, and Juan hitting from the outside, does that free you up to do other things inside? Oh, for sure. I mean, you have guys like those two shooting crazy numbers right now, especially Juan. Um, Noel, when he's a thousand point scorer, he just hit the last game. I mean, guys that can just go. And then you have guys like Javon too. He can score at the three, he can hit mid-range shots, he can get to the basket. And Javon finds us a lot too. I mean, just having all those different guys, and Javon was shooting really well to start the season as well. And so just having guys that can spread the floor makes it so much easier because now they can't help. I can drive, I can post, I can shoot, I can do whatever I want. And so having a talented group really helps. What's been the key to your success of just having those high numbers? Like I said, our coaching staff just like helped me be comfortable, but also the players finding me in my spots, knowing my game and how to help me. But I would also say um, our staff does a really great job and focus on shooting for us. Um, and I think that that shows, I think we were top 25, top 30 or something like that in country in uh, three point percentage. And I mean, it shows because that's really, we really work on that a lot. And so I think a big part of it is them too. I mean, I've shot more than I've ever shot before in all of my four years of playing like in practices and stuff like that. And so I think that that's, that's huge too. So, I mean, credit to our players, but also uh, credit to our coaches as well. Play tons, you've been playing tons of basketball just with the teams that you've played against. Um, playing against a team like Nevada, who's been in the tournament. Obviously, you've been in the tournament before previously. Just what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think they're a great team. Um, 
They're a team that has made a lot of noise in the past as well. Uh, I know they've had some good players as well. And so, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I know they have some good forwards for us to match up against. It'll be a good challenge for us. And I mean, as always, like I tell the guys, we're here to protect home. We don't want to lose a game at home, so we're going to try to keep that together and keep that up. Speaking of home, you guys haven't had like a like a good-sized crowd yet. Do you feel like Nevada and then Diamond had time? Folks might start coming out to really see you guys more in, in droves. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the crowd is loud here when, when we're playing well. And so, I mean, I haven't really looked into how much, you know, people we have in the, in the stands. But at the same time, I mean, you could feel their presence. And so, I mean, I'm hoping that as we play better and as we continue to win, um, you know, more people will come out and support us because I think we're worth it. I think we're worth supporting. I think we're really good. I think we'll continue to be really good. And so, yeah, I think it'll pick up a little bit as we, as we start to win more games. And that was men's basketball player Justin McCoy. As as he heard in that last question, you know, the crowd hasn't really come out yet for any of the games. There's There's been decent, and I know these games have been on Sundays as well, just like their next game against Nevada will be on Sunday. And, you know, people always have stuff to do on these weekends, and it is a little earlier at 5 o'clock, but we hope to see you guys there. I can imagine this is... This is going to be our real look at this men's basketball team because Nevada, not only uh, are they, they've been doing really well so far this season, but they also have some size, like some true size, just they average a lot bigger than the UH and we've struggled with that in the past. So I'm really curious to see how this works out. I'm very much looking forward to especially someone like Justin McCoy who does have the size to stack up to a bigger team and coming from schools like Virginia and North Carolina where he has seen just about everything Uh, right now though McCoy averaging 11 and a half points per game and a lot of a good amount of blocks 6.9 blocks 14 assists uh, to 13 turnovers, but he has just been really solid and he's still getting better every time along with this team. So hope to see you guys out there, but we need we do need to step aside for a break. When we come back, we will hear from UH men's basketball head coach Iran Ganat on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Again, don't forget to stick around. Paul Brecht is out at Aloha Tower Marketplace at HPU's eSports Arena, powered by DSE Hawaii. Getting ready to bring you Sharks Weekly featuring HPU softball. So once again, you can hear from head coach Jarnet Lono and a few of the student athletes, along with host Jeff Rich and Marcus DeWall to give you all the uh, scoops and updates and things coming up for the HPU Sharks. All right, well, right now we are talking about UH men's basketball kind of starting to keep it positive because as we mentioned to open the show not a lot of stuff going on or not a lot of positivity going on exactly or good news I should say there are always positive vibes when it comes to our UH football program but unfortunate and bad news for Hawaii football fans in terms of losing a verbal commitment that we once had in Devon Rice choosing and announcing on social media this morning that he is now committed to the Kansas State Wildcats and we will wait and see what happens to his fellow Bishop Gorman quarterback Micah Alejado and what he decides to do but we'll stick it or we'll stick the conversation to UH men's basketball as 
Before the break, we heard from Justin McCoy, and now here is Coach Aron Ganat. Uh, basically, he starts off first by talking all about the Coaches versus Cancer event coming up next week as kind of the a signature event that leads into the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, where a lot of it, I feel like every single year, every single coach that is in the Diamond Head Classic shows up to this event to support. And it's something that means uh, a lot to head coach Iran Ganat. And we'll tell you a little bit more of the details of following this interview with head coach Ganat. One week away. So the event's our seventh annual Coaches vs. Cancer event at the County Capilla Grill at the Hour of Reef. Great time, great site, great venue, great people. Uh, very interactive, um, you know, there'll be auction items, you know, there are tickets still on sale. Um, if you can't make it, spread the word. Uh, you can make donations as well. There will be auction items, but, you know, you'll have all, again, all coaches will be there. An opportunity to have a good time. Um, as you all know, we've all directly or indirect, indirectly been impacted by this dreadful disease. And, you know, it's unfortunate there have been inroads made. We've raised a lot of money and awareness. We're trying to do our part here in Hawaii. And we've done that through the partnership and our great sponsors, um, which has grown. So here we are, seventh year of the event. More sponsors have continued to raise more awareness, raise more money. So I'm very appreciative of everybody behind the scenes to make this happen and for you guys for continuing to spread the word about it. So Riley Wallace used to talk about the season into like four parts, being the preseason, uh, the Rainbow Classic, conference and conference tournament. Uh, now you got through the preseason part, even though Nevada's part of both, Right. Because they're part of your preseason and they're part of the Diamond Head. So do you look at this, look, your team is entering that next phase where this, the incline gets a little steeper? Yeah, you know, and uh, it'd be great. You guys, Coach Wallace here soon. He'll be in town, which is awesome. Um, but it is, a, it's a long journey. We kind of look at it like we do the mile before the year. It's four laps. It's uh, you get, put yourself in a good position, then your last lap, everything you got. So we're still not there yet. Um, this first, you know, eight games, was unique for us in the sense that we, while we do have nine returners, we had to integrate different parts. You know, everybody thinks the group's the same. We have the same similar blueprint every year, um, but you have returners and you have to integrate newcomers at different times in their career. You know, we talked about some of the D1 transfers learning new systems. Some guys returning for us from last year that didn't play as much. Even Juan Munoz had his kind of his own category because we've been kind of phasing him in and he's doing a good job with that. So, you know, we still have the mentality of the best is yet to come. Uh, we've done some good things. We've got to build on it. We've done some things that we, you know, we've been exposing. We got to get better at. And, you know, the team that is, you know, it's kind of our challenge to our guys is to be the most improved player, most improved team from start to finish, and we need to do that to do what we want to do. McCoy was saying that um, it's not just scoring to get you on the court. You can't play defense, you'll play for you. Is that kind of Yeah, I think that's a good, I mean, we're, we want to be balanced in all phases, and I think, you know, we wanted to build off last year, last couple of years. We've always been really good defensively. Last couple of years we've been elite. We don't want to lose that, but we wanted to get back to where we have been the years prior to last year offensively, and so you can see the efficiency in the shooting numbers. Uh, the last three games, our turnovers have been down. That, that was a key part as well. Uh, we have versatility and different guys that can attack. But at the hallmark, at the you know the foundation, defensively rebound that travels with you. And so we've shown glimpses, I think, of where we could be again there. But we haven't been where we were last year yet, defensively. But and, and the guys who, you know, I was pleased. The guys who are playing behind some good players, they figured it out. They better start guarding, and it's it, it will help them in the long run. Our job is to make to get this team the best it can be and get our guys to be the best we can be. 
or they can be, and so we need to continue to challenge them on, on all fronts. We want to be a well-balanced team, we want to be well-balanced players. Is that the big growth with Coleman? I, I know he got the thousand, but it looks like he became sort of a really good defense player. Well, I think that started from a couple years ago, and that's what, you know, the whole deal, like a team sometimes they have a tough shooting night, they might have a good game, or a player. That can't be you or us. I mean, you can't rely on that. It's more, if we shoot well, we'll have a great game. We'll always have good games, because we are versatile, we do it on both ends. And um, that's important for our team, that we are a balanced team and we have balanced players. You know, Noel has taken on assignments of other teams' best players while we ask him to do a lot offensively. Um, he's had added the title of being a captain as well, obviously, and there's some leadership components responsibly for that as well. So there's so many different ways you can impact the game, and we want to make sure each guy and, and as a whole that we find ways to do that. You guys have been winning. Uh, you know, you've had not the greatest crowds, I think it's fair to say, so far, uh, whether it's the Friday-Saturday thing you mentioned, the you know, you've had the D2s, the Niagara game that was added a week before, Northern Arizona was late at night. Do, do you feel like uh, this stretch coming up, I mean, is it an opportunity for people to come out and see you like they haven't yet this year? Yeah, and obviously I think internally we're looking at different ways we can get some Friday, Saturdays, and, uh, you know, we've tried to be creative and outside the box. The scheduling landscape has changed significantly, and we need to make some adjustments on our end as well. Um, but, you know, we'll have, you know, we try to get teams on the way to Maui, which next year we'll have North Carolina this year. That was difficult. And then this year we try to start outside the box, try to get teams on the way to Diamond Head, which in this case was a top 15 Nevada team who's been in the NCAA tournament. So maybe it would have been ideal if we had some of that on the front end, but this is the only way we could do it. So, uh, but I do think over the years and, you know, Hawaii, the fans, we've got an intelligent fan base, a great fan base. Over the years, it's grown as the season goes along. Obviously, there's a lot going on with all sports here in November and December. Um, but we got to do our part. And I do think this is a team that's easy to root for because the you know Hawaii fans and every fan always appreciates a winner. But certainly a team that uh, plays hard with great effort and plays together. And this team is doing that. And obviously, we know we got to continue to do our part. But you know, to have a NCAA tournament team come in here uh, before the Diamond Head on a Sunday. Uh, who's playing well, they have one loss, and coming off an NCAA tournament, you know, it's going to be a heck of a challenge, and uh, we need us all to get it done, and so we'll need our fan base. We do appreciate the fans who've been with us thus far. They've made their presence felt, and hopefully as in past years, it grows as the season goes along. So the team's been averaging 18 wins a season since you've been the head coach here. 7-1 is best start in program history. Just talk about just the success on that this year. Well, you're, you're, you know, continuity is important. Uh, the program is important. You know, so building the program is important on the court, off the court, in the classroom. And obviously, we're coming off our sixth straight winning season, and hopefully, we continue that trend. But we want more. We've said that, and we're coming off a 22 win season, we want more. So, you know, it's a long journey. Like you said, we're kind of in the first lap. We just finished the first lap in a way, and so I know we want to continue to grow this program in every way. Um, we want to go from good to great. That's where we're at. Coach, you've mentioned a quality Nevada team a couple of times now. They have three guys who average double figures. Could you talk about some of the challenges they present? Yeah, I mean, they, they have the ingredients, like we say, with great teams because they have experience, they have size. Um, they've been one of the better teams in the country the last couple of years, and this year at sharing the ball, getting to the free throw line. And, um, like I said, that kind of experience, especially in the backcourt. You know, you'll have one of the more experienced backcourts uh, in the country, I think, on Sunday because their two starting guards are, I think, fifth-year guys at this level. 
and maybe their third guard as well, and they have size. You know, we saw some size obviously during the year, and especially with Utah, but they have significant size across the board. You know, Blackshear is a six-six point guard. Lucas is a six-four-two guard. You know, and then they start six-seven, and I think six-ten, six-eleven. So, you know, hope, you know, hopefully some of the experience we've seen thus far will help us. But again, that's what you want—a great challenge um, that will prepare us for the diamond head and for league play. Uh, well coached again with Steve Alford there and, and Craig Neal who's there as well and you know they do it and they plus five plus six on the boards their defensive numbers are really good and they're offensively potent and with that kind of size and experience across the board especially in the backcourt you can see why they had a good year last year where they expect to have a good year this year. Kind of a follow-up you mentioned free throws for them they also so far through eight games this season allowing opponents less than 10 free throws per game or free throw attempts per game how important is it for your crew to attack when Sunday comes around against this team? Yeah we've been one of the better teams to get in the line we got to continue to get to the line and uh, it's a great quality I mean there's so many different ways the games within the game the possession battles people talk about the rebound margin they're plus five or six you talk about the free throw rate talk about the turnover rate because they don't turn it over very much I think nine times a game they force 12 or 13 so when you when you add them all up um, you get more possessions so we got to do a, a really good job of that when we play them on Sunday. So you mentioned how when you face high-level teams uh, you know you can get exposed uh, so in film sessions and on the court, uh, have you kind of ramped it up in that respect, uh, you know, so that the players know, hey, if we have a bad stretch against HPU, it's a tie game. You have a bad stretch like that against Nevada, you're down 10 or 12. Well, I think our whole deal has been always you're preparing to play the best. And so that's why our practices have been battles and iron sharpens iron and guys challenge each other. We know what we're trying to get to. So we don't like the, it's not the whole deal. You know, some teams will go, okay, maybe in a month, we're playing a really good rebounding team. We got a rebound today. It ain't gonna happen, your habits aren't there. So we're constantly challenging their habits, human nature, um, to, to get to where we need to be consistently and not have to rally up for a certain team. So we respect all fear and none, and that's been our approach. And, you know, we have a good week here to clean some things up, but, you know, we gotta keep getting better. That's been the message. Going back to Justin, uh, I know in the first few games, you, you know, you, you see his scoring potential, but obviously Noel and, and Justin have picked up a lot of that, and he's been able to contribute in different ways. So, uh, you know, he came in here with a kind of hype, sort of like Noel Allen, UCLA, mm -hmm. big guy, big scorer, but uh, his role, you know, whereas Noel had to carry the scoring load much of the season, Justin is kind of... <laughs> changed his role just in the first eight games. Yeah, he's all about winning, so and I think that's what's a credit to this group, and that's going to be a challenge. You know, different nights will be different guys, and I think these guys that you see on the bench, they support each other. I keep talking about we've had four different guys hit four threes in a game, but we've also had probably six, seven, maybe eight guys have double digits in a game, and so that's hopefully when you combine that with great unselfishness and a genuine love and support for each other, you can be potent, and like we said earlier, there are other ways you can impact the game. I do remember when Noel Allen came in and, you know, he came into a team that had one total point per game returning. You remember it was the year after when we had to deal with all the the uh, fallout of all that fun NCA stuff we don't have to talk about anymore. But um, uh, Justin comes in with some established guys and I'm really pleased for him because just like other guys we've had in this position, even Noah, Noah scored one point per game at UCLA and became our lead scorer in our league. But they have to go through the phases, right? You know, going from not playing or being good, but just playing behind good players, to then playing more minutes and us playing off those guys a little bit more. And uh, I'm pleased with him because he's he's shot good efficiency um, as he's gotten more comfortable as leadership because he's obviously very vocal. 
I'm surprised you guys got a question in today. Um, mm -hmm. But he's uh, got different ways. He's a well-balanced player. I think he's been good on the glass. Like I said, he shot good percentages. He can play inside out. And I think the best is yet to come for him, too, because it's still – he's like um, a late bloomer in that regard. You know, this is his first year playing significant minutes, so comfort will continue to come for him. And that was UH men's basketball head coach Ron Ganad. And wrapping up that conversation there, uh, talking about Justin McCoy, who we heard from earlier in the show. And like he said, you know, he's really coming into his own. This is the first time he's playing significant minutes and he's definitely getting better. And he's and Justin, he's a fun player to root for because off the court, he's like hilarious. He's he's even he's just a really nice kind a kid uh, I guess he's a little bit older now but still a kid to me anyways I was also talking to Barbie Gannat uh, coach Gannat's wife and said that he's like really good with Ziza their daughter so he's just really fun a uh, guy to root for and I hope and this team in general is just going to be a lot of fun to watch and uh, I know like I said some of the competition people look if you guys don't follow basketball you look on the paper and be like Eh, is this game really worth going to? So I get it, but I encourage you to come out and watch this team. They're only going to get better. They will have their true test this week against Nevada, which we will get into a more detailed preview of that game tomorrow when our Paul Brecht is here as well. But for the most part, so again, that game is on Sunday at 5 o'clock at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center against the Nevada squad that they too only have one loss. And that loss is actually on paper, once again, will be surprising for some people. They lost to Drake. 72-53 last week Saturday uh, they went on to beat Weber State 72-55 and Drake though for their part they're actually doing pretty well um, on their own as well they only have one loss on the season against Stephen F. Austin a 92-68 loss so Either way, and in college basketball in general, it's very, you really never know who's go what's going to happen. That's why the tournament is so fascinating because at any day, someone can just be hot at shooting and someone can get cold. But Nevada will be the true test, I would say, throughout this whole season. Again, Hawaii did open up against St. Mary's in that exhibition. Who St. Mary's didn't exactly turn out so far to be the team that we expected them to be. Uh, go on to win. They did lose to Utah on the road at the Delta Center most recently and had those wins against Central Arkansas and Hawaii Pacific and now get ready to face Nevada at 5 o'clock on Sunday. And Nevada is here because if you guys missed it during that interview, they are one of the teams that are featured in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic coming up next week. So they are playing this game ahead of the tournament. So the both teams, though, they are on opposite sides of sides of the bracket that being Nevada and Hawaii but hey in the event that both teams make it to the championship game then we could see a rematch of whatever happens on Sunday but Hawaii does open the Diamond Head Classic against Portland on Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time they will go on to play the winner or loser depending on I don't want to get ahead of myself so whichever side Hawaii ends up on uh, they will face either UMass or Georgia Tech and obviously we'll keep you posted and I'll be at the or the crazy twin will be at the games you can count on that <laughs> and like coach Gannat was saying Nevada they did lose to San Jose State last season in the Mountain West Championship game in overtime. However, 81-77, they did get a bid into the NCAA tournament and lost in the first round to Arizona State 98-73. So they are very much a tested team coming off of last season. All right. 
When we come back, we will talk a little bit more about University of Hawaii football and hear a snippet from the newest episode of the Hawaii Players Pod featuring Andrew Choi, presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. We will be right back. Wake up in the den with Kuwale Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kule Agbayani on 95.1 FM, AM 760 and Hawaii Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning and any of our broadcasts throughout the day here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And that is why you are the beautiful list of all the beautiful people. All right. So we're just coming up on the time. As I mentioned, we will play uh, the Andrew Choi snippet just for you. So, But just want to remind you that coming up after the show, we will have Sharks Weekly featuring HPU Softball. And then also uh, coming up a little later this evening, we have the return of our OIA sports coverage with Girls Basketball featuring Kalani versus Kailu. Kyle Galdera and myself will be on the call as we will go out to the windward side at Kailua High School. All right, so here is just a little snippet of our latest episode of the Hawaii Players Pod featuring former UH defensive lineman Andrew Choi presented by Hawaii Pacific Health as he sat down with our Olivia Austin. Today we have a real treat for you guys. We have Andrew Choi from the Rainbow Warriors football team. Andrew, what's up? How you guys doing? I'm doing great. You know, a little little rainy outside, but overall I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> so, Andrew, you guys just wrapped up your football season, but I want to go, like, back before, like, way before, you know, Hawaii football. Like, you were born here in Hawaii. January 14, 2000. That's my birthday. Remember that, guys? You guys can send me some presents. A real holiday. It's <laughs> a real holiday. It's a blessing after Christmas. But yeah, I was born and raised. Um, my parents are originally from Korea, and I was. They wanted me to have an, I guess, an opportunity to grow up in America. So they did come to Hawaii. They had me, just like they how they had they were my older brother. So I was lucky, and probably started playing football around when I was like, ten, I'd say. So I've been playing football for more than half my life, and ever since then it's just been like a, a roller coaster of emotions going up and down throughout high school, college. It's been it's been crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. So you're, you mentioned that you have an older brother, and your older brother actually plays football as well, right? Yes. So was he like the influence in like you picking up a football, or did you kind of want to do it on your own? Not really. My my dad signed me up, and my first day of practice, my brother made me cry. Oh gosh. <laughs> so it was kind of rough, but but like as I did grow up, like throughout high school and college, he was a big inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of like older people that were like role models for me growing up uh, playing football. So it was nice to have him around. He did help me a lot in what I wanted to do. Good. That's awesome. And then your brother ended up playing four seasons at UH as well, yeah? Yes, he did play four seasons. He was a captain his senior year. and um, He was he was well-liked by, by the coaches and players, yeah. People knew him pretty well. Mm-hmm. You went to Kaiser High School, yeah? Yes, the greatest school on the island. The beast of the East, Cougar Nation domination. So, Blue and gold never fold. <laughs> Don't talk about this past Hawaii playoffs. 
I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, well, I mean, <laughs> what is what else is left to say? But um, yeah, so did you like have that competitive nature growing up, like in OIA and playing football and all the like? It's a big rivalry on the island, like all the high schools, clearly, because he, you know, he shouted everything out. So like what like like what was that like like going up against your friends and people that you knew on the island and repping your school? It was it was crazy for me because like growing up like I didn't know much people like outside of my school, like so all the big names like like Shevin Shevin's one of my closest friends right now like I didn't even know who he was in high school like like Jonah Pinocchi I barely knew like all these other big names Leonard Lee and stuff like. Like, I didn't really know them in high school, so I I would just be so focused in my own like at my own school like I wouldn't even notice like and like the rivalries like people say like Kalani's our biggest rival, Kalani's not our rival. Come on, it's not even close. They haven't <laughs> beat us in football in like in like like twenty five years. Ooh, say that. <laughs> say that. I mean, respectfully, right? Res- respectfully, <laughs> but like. My four years there, we played it. We played in the D one division, so we played against like Koku, we played against like the bigger teams like Wai and stuff. And then like, so my four years we did play D one. Our first two years we were alright. We upset Koku my freshman year. Um, I think like we did alright my second year, and then my junior and senior year were just rough. Like mm-hmm. I think my senior year we went like two and seven. Oh, my junior year went two and seven. My senior year. We played like one game against Camel, got blown out seventy-one zero, and then an altercation happened. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. Really bad. <laughs> it was bad. We had like we had like eighteen guys on the team. It was it was rough. Like <clears throat> like an altercation happened between the uh, head coach and one of the players' parents. Oh no! And then the DOE came in, stepped in, canceled our season. So like this was right before like we were gonna make homecoming and senior night the same night because mm-hmm. our season was so up and down, and this was right before that. They, they stepped in, they canceled it. So we oh, basically lost everything. Man. And it just like, it kind of shattered me at that point. And, well, and, yeah. I mean, those yeah. are like milestones you wait for, like, you know, yeah, your whole high school career. And then for that to just be like, no, you can't do it. That's I can, I can see how that yeah. would like be hard, especially as a senior. Um, but football aside, I'm reading your bio and you also did judo and wrestling. I did judo, I did judo for one year. <laughs> I did it because my, my dad's a 4-3 black belt. In judo? Yeah, in judo. Okay. I did it for one year. It was all right. It's pretty fun, but it's kind of hard. It's all technical. Yeah. Wrestling, that's the hardest part you can do, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, because like, the amount of conditioning and like, like knowledge and just skill you need to be good at it is, mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Like, I did wrestling for like three years. I think my junior year, right before OIA tournaments, like public school tournaments, I got hurt. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm over this. I'm never doing wrestling. I'm going to focus on football. But do you think wrestling maybe, like, gave you some, like, body control and, like, different strengths that helped you in football? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the, the things you learn in wrestling, you really learn how to use your body and, like, how to, like, like... throw your weight around. Yeah, throw your weight around, manipulate it. And same with judo. You learn mm-hmm. you learn so much things. Like, like, in the locker room, like, we'll mess around. We'll start wrestling and I'll, like, I'll, like, start, like, throwing people. I'll start... Jackie Johnson... Jackie Johnson the third, I bully him in the in the locker room when we wrestle. <laughs> well, at least we know who's like winning. Yeah. Are you winning? Yeah. Is there anybody on the football team that could take you? Um. Yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely Kual. Um. He's a he's a big boy. He knows what to do. <laughs> he knows wrestling. He knows like like we we do mess around, but 
kind of intimidating. Not gonna lie. <laughs> big big boys when they know how to fight, that's the scariest. Uh, Four E, um, my boy Elijah kind of knows how to wrestle too, and he's a bigger guy, so it's you know, a little intimidating sometimes. But I would pin Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny he knows exactly what fights to pick and which ones to sit out. <laughs> yeah, like I'm telling you, like the big boys when they know how to fight, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, like sometimes we'll mess around, you know, like shadow box and stuff, and then when they start throwing punches, you're like, damn, stay away from me. <laughs> That's good. It's good people to have, like, you know, in your corner if something actually goes yeah, down. Yeah, Because <laughs> I know, like, if something ever goes down, my boys roll up, it's over. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's, don't use that, but it's nice to have. It's like, a you know, in the holster. Yeah. Vi- violence is never the answer. <laughs> never. Except on the field. Except, then except on the field. You got to run through them. Yeah. And then that's... <laughs> and that was former UH football defensive lineman Andrew Choi, along with Olivia Austin in the newest episode of the Hawaii Players Pod, which is out now. You can get it at hawaiisportsradio.com or go to our YouTube channel and just search for Hawaii Sports Radio. And that's a fun one. And that that's only a snippet. The conversation is probably like 30, 40 minutes longer than that. And if you guys know anything about Andrew, he is quite the character. So we have a lot of fun in that episode and wish him all the best as, you know, we'll see what happens. He does have, he is eligible for another year, but he's still undecided whether or not he is going to come back. So fun episode. Be sure you check it out and mahalo to our sponsors, Hawaii Pacific Health. We will be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and Hawaii Be sure to follow us on social media at High Sports Radio, especially on our Instagram, where in our stories we try to post a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on. And we're also on Twitter slash X, a little bit on Facebook as well, but mainly on the Instagram and X platform. So you can follow our um, brand account, or you can follow Paul and I on social media get a little i don't know have a little fun on this show as we have our christmas um hip-hoppy songs that we play for you over here and this one is actually called hip holidays i love see the titles of this the songs that we get from um kind of like this royalty free music place where you know we can download it and play all that songs for you so anyways (laughs) this one is called hip holiday so i thought that was really fun but don't forget coming up right after this we have sharks weekly featuring hpu softball with head coach jarnet lono along with student athletes jewel larson gianna kirschbaum and savina molina or savina savina molina and yeah hear all about the hpu sharks another thing for Shark Softball, save the date, January 27th, 2024 at noon will be the final alumni game and Ohana Day at the historic and beautiful Howard A. Okita softball field as Hoi Pacific University will start to transition and move everything to this side of the island as we 
have known for a long time they had that Hawaii Loa campus, but they have recently sold that campus. And that is where the Howard A. Okita field is. It's like probably the best softball field in college sports. Nothing against the University of Hawaii, but when you go out to that side and it's kind of like tucked away. So if you guys go over to the Hawaii Loa campus, you won't even see it initially and you'll kind of wonder where it is. It's unlike the so- uh, the soccer field where I used to play when I went to Shamanad. You know, right when you get to the Hawaii Loa campus, the soccer field is right there and you can't miss it. The softball field, you kind of have to go around some trees and around the corner and like down a slope. And then it opens up to the softball field and it's gorgeous. You have the trees in the outfield and depending on the weather, you know, sometimes the sun and the the Ko'olau mountains are just, oh, it's, it's amazing out there. And I encourage you guys to go out. So check them out. Not only Obviously, we want you guys to come out and support them throughout the season, but it'll be something to see the final alumni game and Ohana Day at Howard A. Okitsa Field, January 27th, 2024. So we hope to see you guys out there and support Shark Softball, but we'll hear more about the program and what it's been like during the offseason coming up right after this show in Sharks Weekly, live from HPU's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus in the eSports Arena, powered by DSE Hawaii. And if you guys have to go on the run, can't listen to it live, well, you can catch it on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com and click on the HPU Sharks tab where we will have the audio version wherever you get your podcast or you can also watch the show on our YouTube channel or at hawaiisportsradio.com. Also coming up later this evening, stick around or come back uh, and tune in for OIA girls basketball between Kalani and Kailua or we'll hop on air around seven o'clock p.m. depending on the what time the JV game concludes and Kyle Galdera and myself will be on the call to bring you all that action uh, sponsored by Hawaii Pacific Health so Lots of stuff coming up today, guys, and uh, mahalo for always tuning in. If you guys missed any part of the show, you can listen to it on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you got your podcast. However, I do want to make note on probably the biggest news that we opened this show up, at least in terms of high school or high school, excuse me, my goodness, UH football, Devon Rice running back out of Bishop Gorman officially announced his commitment on his social his personal social media that he essentially is decommitted from Hawaii which he, to which he gave his verbal com- commitment in the beginning of the football season and now has officially announced that he is 100% committed to Kansas State so Hawaii loses a big commit just a few or less than a week away from early signing day, which will be next week, Wednesday. And we'll definitely keep that tracker going for you guys. Uh, That'll be a big morning for us as a lot of the signees come in either before or during the time of this show. And of course, throughout the day. Uh, More importantly, though, we're not sure what it means for Bishop Gorman quarterback Micah Alejado, kid with Hawaii ties, and announced his verbal commitment to Hawaii when the football season started. Got a little wishy-washy in between. Last week, Braden Shager announces that he is entering the transfer portal, and Micah Alejado seems all but committed again to the University of Hawaii. But things that have been a little cryptic on social media are indicating and not giving me the best um, hopes that Micah will honor his commitment and then I feel like it's deja vu again you guys this is like the exact thing that I was talking about last week Thursday as it referred to Braden Shager no one is 
or I don't want to say no one because you'll still have some people out there. But for the most part, including fans like myself, no one's going to knock not only a player, but just any individual that goes and creates or does the best thing for themselves, make the best decision for themselves, their family, whatnot. But, But the moral of the story is, and I hope like parents and maybe kids listening Just honor your commitments when you say you are. Just because it's not signed, sealed, delivered, your word goes a long way. And if you're undecided about something, just don't commit. And it's just it's not it's just not the same. But if you go out there and you say all this stuff and you commit and then you change your mind, it just rubs everyone the wrong way. And we need to please stop doing that. Anyways, got to go. Kule Agbayani. Bye.